0: This is a HeadGum Podcast. Craig, we're going to be talking a lot about things that happened in print newspapers this mm. week on mm-hmm. the podcast. But you know what is replacing all the print newspapers? What? Websites. Hey, they're not all bad. <laughs> yeah, websites are pretty good, and especially if you make them using our sponsors over at Squarespace. Squarespace is a website that helps you make websites. They give you easy drag-and-drop tools, beautiful templates that you can use. To make a cool place on the web, and then they give you analytics that you can use to see who's visiting. All I bet of you your could. Stuff. There's probably a template that could make your website look like a newspaper. Ooh, there probably is one. Mm. Uh, so let me tell you about some stuff that's good about Squarespace. Please. Other than that, they just make it really easy, and it's <laughs> 24/7 tech support. Nothing to patch or upgrade ever. Other than that stuff, as uh-huh. uh, you you have access to email campaigns. This is a way to grow and engage your audience. Create powerful email content that matches your website with your existing products, blog posts, and logo, so your messaging is consistent and effective. You can also collect donations. Uh, you can support your cause by gathering contributions with PayPal, Apple Pay, Stripe, and Venmo. And then, as I already mentioned, yeah, you got them analytics. Gain powerful insights into who's visiting your site and how they're interacting with your content. With in-depth website analytics tools, including page views, traffic sources, time on site, most content, audience, geography, and guess what, Craig? What? And more. Oh. (laughs) So if this sounds good to you and you want to set up a website with those fine folks over at Squarespace, what you need to do is you need to go to squarespace.com slash overdue. You'll get 10% off your purchase of a website or domain. Squarespace.com slash overdue. Set up your free trial today and then get 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain with the offer code overdue. Squarespace. Squarespace.
1: Welcome to Overdue. It's a podcast about the books you've been meaning to read. My name is Craig. My name's Andrew. And we are here
0: to talk about comics. We're here to talk about comics. First, we have huge news. Craig, I don't want to scoop you on this, but I'm so excited to tell everybody in the listening audience about the new member of your family. Yes, the Subaru, the the, the, gently used Subaru automobile that you're buying yeah we're buying a subaru your first car yeah i've never owned a car before Mm -hmm. i need to own one now so i'm getting one what's the like top three most exciting things about owning a car for you that that i can use it for work okay that's that's one (laughs)
1: we'll put that at number three that's not very exciting that i have a bunch of friends that it would be easier to see okay cool that's good uh, and I can drive to a place and then go for a run in a cool place that I can't get to from my house. Oh,
0: that is yeah, honestly, like,
1: for you. unbelievably exciting for me.
0: You won't have to just run in the same places over and over again?
1: Yes, I won't have to plan my runs around grocery trips <laughs> and things and, like... N- uh, there is actually something very satisfying about knowing my corner of Philly so well that I mm-hmm. can, because of how many times I've run through it, that like mm-hmm. I can guess mileage and timing and things.
0: But sometimes you want some novelty. I
1: just want to go to a different part of nature sometimes.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, I would and you're love... going to get there with your gas-guzzling automobile.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm not excited like morally about owning a car. Mm-hmm but it's a thing i got to do. so yeah. here's here's where we're at. shout out well, to car con- owners who have complicated
0: feelings about your cars. yeah, everybody busts out the cigars. craig has a bouncing baby car <laughs> that he's welcoming to the family. i mean, mostly i'm just
1: going to like blast my tunes in it.
0: blast your tunes, do donuts, you know, drive around in parking lot, empty parking lot. yeah. Mm-hmm. like make a real gin blossom song out of it. yeah. <laughs> Anyway, we talk about books on this show. Yeah, uh, books each, and
1: cars. Each and week. Philly sports. One of us reads a book and tells the other person about it. We did a little bit of something some, different some this week. <laughs> uh, we, if it, you can't tell, we are both just for so tired. a number <laughs> of reasons losing our collective minds. Craig, and is, in so, addition
0: to buying a car, Craig is getting a new job, and then I am getting a new house. Yeah. And all of this is happening... Within the next, like, four or weeks? Less than, yeah. So we're just trying to, we're so grateful to have you listening. Just and white knuckle, just like, hold on to your butts. We're going to do a podcast.
1: <laughs> so we're going to talk about Calvin and Hobbes, uh, the Indispensable Calvin and Hobbes by Bill Watterson. It's a collection yes. of mm-hmm. Calvin and Hobbes strips um, that were all written. I have this in front of me somewhere. They were all written yeah they were uh i got it okay the first comic in this collection was published in december 5th uh 1988 and the last was in july 7th 1990 uh these books uh that are collected here are strips from revenge of the babysat which was published in april 1991 and scientific progress goes boink which was published in october
0: 1991 yeah so the, the this book came out in 1992 the um so I also have just like the big three volume and the moving again. It's really top of mind for me is this collection <laughs> of Calvin and Hobbes strips that we've got yeah. because you could kill somebody. With That's it. true. It's a lot of comics. But um, as the strip was running, they published like these individual book collections and then they did the, these like collection collections. These treasuries. Which, yeah. Treasuries, which took two of the established collections, put them together. Um, in like a larger and like slightly nicer looking format. Yeah. Uh, sometimes with some additional content. And this one, there's like a full color, like poem and additional illustrations yeah. that, that come cute. at the front I like of it. it. Um,
1: I had Revenge yeah, of the I Baby Cat as a I had a few a of them.
0: I think I had signed, no, I had um, Something Under the Bed is Drooling is one. I, I had,
1: had. Um, Homicidal Psycho Jungle Cat as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I feel like I do Recognized some parts of the scientific progress goes boink strips, but I don't think I had that. So I, I honestly don't know where I read
0: those. It's sometimes hard to because, and we're 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 going to talk about this more as the episode goes on. Like I'm not going to say that Calvin and Hobbes is formulaic, but because it isn't, but there are like stock situations and characters that you return to over and over. So like maybe you don't remember the specific one where Calvin gets home from school and Hobbes jumps out of the door and knocks him over. Sure. Yeah. Sure.
1: Um Yeah, so it's uh I don't know that I ever read these in the newspaper.
0: I did some, not a lot though. I, I remember specifically our like the the teacher in our uh, talented and gifted class yeah and let, don't get me started on how messed up this whole system is <laughs> we
1: share that together friend it's that we up. were
0: in it but also it's totally messed up to yeah. like come and be like okay special kids leave the normals behind and come to special computer fun class hey
1: what if you're in an elementary school for two years and then they say go to a different one for <laughs> two other years that's on the other side of town and yeah, oh, home had so, takes forty
0: five minutes. I just got pulled out of regular class and sent to another class, and then sent back to regular class when we were done. They we just got a, they, to go and like play on the Macs in the computer lab and do like unstructured learning, which I would argue any kid could benefit from some, some less learning. Yeah. structured learning, but yeah, like me using the text to speech app on all the Macs to say <laughs> cuss words was not exactly <laughs> like. It is your gift now, though. Opening new horizons. Maybe
1: maybe they knew what was up. Um, Sure. But no, I bring that up because, like, so the the original strip, Calvin and Hobbes uh, by Bill Watterson, um, ran from 1985 to 1995. Mm -hmm. I do remember in elementary school or or early middle school, I guess, because I remember being in. I have, I have, like, sense memory for what school bus I was in when I heard Calvin and Hobbes was ending.
0: Yeah, like, that. that's the strip that the, the teacher showed me was, like, the last one. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, and that was, like, I remember that being news, but because Calvin and Hobbes never got merchandised, never got adapted, it just, it has lived on as this, for me, just a series of books. Like, it's not... You know, it it never made the peanuts jump. It never made the Car- the Garfield jump, and we'll talk about <laughs> why and how. Jump. But like it, because it was always confined to for me these these book collections. Like I don't know, it just has a different occupies a different spot in my life. Um, sure, that these that these other similar products have gone on to be so many other things. Like yeah, culture. like
0: I don't. Nobody remembers the the. Calvin and Hobbes cartoon, like the Garfield cartoon. Yeah. Garfield the, and friends. With, with um, Lorenzo Music as the voice of Garfield. And then also, what are these weird farm animals doing in the second half of all these episodes? Okay, I don't Sheldon
1: know. is a really good name for a character, though.
0: If he's in an egg. If yeah. he's in an eggshell, then yes. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> Otherwise, I don't. It's fine. Um, let's talk
1: about Mr. Watterson, and then we'll talk about The Strip a little bit. Okay. Um Okay, first thing to say is that Bill Warson went to our college, Go Kenyon College, Go Lords, Go Ladies, Go, go Market Dogs, Go Kenyon Student
0: Workers Union. Even though they're getting rid of getting rid of the Lords and Ladies nomenclature yeah. Yeah. for some reason. I don't know. It sounds I guess they think it sounds out of touch. Maybe or sounds a little like, out of touch. Too binary or something. Yeah. Go middle Weird. path. Go anyway. Go, go Lords. third ways.
1: <laughs> go, go Market Dogs. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, he went
0: to our college. The Gambier football team. I think Andrew and can I have be been the whole
1: college to at least two uh, weddings of Kenyan friends where passages from Calvin and Hobbes were part of the ceremony, yeah. at least two, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of neat. Uh, he was born in 1958 in D.C., grew up in Chagrin Falls, Ohio, uh, was inspired to be a cartoonist by strips like Pogo, Crazy Cat, Peanuts. He once wrote a letter to uh, Charles Schultz as a kid and got a response and was like, dang, if well, what I was a cartoonist uh that's kind of
0: neat because later yeah. he's like having fights with his publishing syndicate and charles schultz is like i don't know what all the fuss is about. <laughs> like to have somebody who returned your fan mail then like comment semi-disparagingly about your career that's funny I dig as it. a peer but yeah go um, ahead he studied poli sci at Kenyon andrew yes go, go poli
1: go lords um he thought he might go into editorial cartooning um and that,
0: Where it that was it's like a- you draw a big picture of a bomb with a lit fuse, and the bomb just says "the deficit" on it, really big <laughs> or something.
1: I think it was actually supposed to be. Well, he first, when he got out of college, he got a job at the Cincinnati Post. Uh, I think a previous Kenyan alum or some other guy he knew had done it, and he got fired before his contract was up because he didn't know enough about Cincinnati politics to make good <laughs> cartoons. <laughs> Uh, and he worked I at did like th- a- I
0: did a really really good job summing up all political yeah, cartoons. Yeah, you really way. did.
1: <laughs> um, he worked at an ad agency and hated it. And was you know he talks about this in the commencement speech he gave at Kenyon in 1990, where he found himself like reading all of the assignments, like the Poli Sci books he didn't read when he was at school. Uh, he talks about the recreation of the Sistine Chapel he did in his dorm room sophomore oh, yeah. year.
0: yeah. Yeah, I know that story.
1: Um, and that's all about him. He tells this whole story as a part of like um, his fondest memories of college or times like these where things were done out of some inexplicable inner imperative rather than because the work was demanded, which basically is why Andrew and I are friends. That <laughs> sums the... up our time, yeah. I Yeah, for sure. Um, and this podcast, to be perfectly honest. So mm-hmm. uh, shout out to you, Mr. Watterson. Um, he started publishing Calvin and Hobbes in 1985. It was published by the Universal Press Syndicate. It had been passed on by United Media, I think. Is that right, Andrew? You're making a face like this resonates with your notes. No, so. no, no. no.
0: It's, uh, so yeah. He had talked to. I think he'd pitched something to uh, the United Features Syndicate, which is the oh, sure. ho- which was the home of heavy hitters like Peanuts, Garfield, uh, Marmaduke, uh, of course, uh, Old Dilbert was there
1: not young dilbert old <laughs> Dilbert,
0: good old dilbert <laughs> and it's and it's creator who i have nothing to say about correct <laughs> yeah uh-huh um but they passed on it and then the universal press syndicate did pick it up uh universal press syndicate d- is now uh, called andrews mcmill syndication which is the name of that that's printed on the books that we bought mm, mm-hmm. um i think i may have had an edition of this one as a kid that would have had all the you know, universal press syndicate on it. Okay. But the way that, uh, that newspaper comics worked and, and still work to the extent that they'd still exist <laughs> is the, these syndicates would do the hiring of the artists and, and paying them. And then they would distribute the strips to many, many like local regional papers. Yeah, uh, and those papers had a lot of different demands, like with respect to, like page space and the like formatting of comics, which then went like that, that had knockdown effects on knock on effects for like the, the form that these comics could take, like in particular, uh, full color Sunday strips as they're called. They appeared yep. a bunch of times throughout this book. Um, you might notice that the first couple page, the, the first couple panels of a Calvin Hobbes, uh, Sunday strip feel a little, if, not tossed off, but, like, they do, are kind of, like, doing their own, like, thing. Yeah. Like, their own one-two thing that is, yeah. that, is that is associated with, but then slightly divorced from the action of the rest of it. And um, the syndicates really wanted Sunday strips to be done in a very predictable, like, layout so that they could, like, chop the first couple of panels off if papers wanted to run them using less, like, page space. Mm. Um Okay, and that has like I, I was reading a lot about about comic strips today. That had an <laughs> origin in something called <laughs> toppers. What? Which is basically this is back in like the nineteen thirties and forties. This is a way for the same artist to put a whole separate little comic strip at the top of their Sunday comics. Whoa! And it was a way for papers to claim that they were running more comics using the same amount of page space. Yo. <laughs>
1: Well and and I think all of this is like relevant to the fact that Calvin and Hobbes is regarded as one of the last great comics like newspaper comic strips you know yeah. I think part of that is it's wrapped up in just where it fell in history because like it wraps up before the internet takes yeah, off like in the gets modern out way
0: yeah just pre-internet
1: and and the internet coincides with or causes or whatever you want to say the death of the American newspaper in a <laughs> in a traditional like local you know like with the expectation that everyone would be reading the newspaper regularly and that you know yada yada yada. Well,
0: it's a, it's a democratization of of, of yeah
1: everything places and everything
0: basically which is which has been good for some things and bad for other things. But as yeah. far as like creative works for. Like newspapers, like no longer do you have to take your stuff to these syndicates and publish it in these like really rigid, like, oh, you know, you get four or five strips a week in black and white, and then you get your Sunday strip that's in color, but it's a half a page, but it'd be really great if you formatted it so we can also fit it into a third of a page. And also, if we don't like you, we're not going to publish your stuff. (laughs) And, And also, you know, there will be all kinds of editorial restrictions on you based on what is seen as like palatable to a sure. wide range of small local newspapers across the entire country. <laughs> and
1: you said you were reading about this kind of stuff because it's wrapped up in just like Waterson's general career persona yeah, and so legacy. Yeah,
0: I think just, when what was the dates you said that these comics ran? It was like late 80s into very early, like 1990?
1: 88 to 90 were these, so, yeah. So
0: these, this is a group that comes in just before this big fight, or, or you know, simultaneously with this big fight that he's having with The syndicate, where they are like you are running a phenomenally successful comic strip, you know, Garfield is merchandise and has these has these spinoffs. Peanuts is merchandise and have has these spinoffs. Like you need to, you should also do that. Like you need to also do that. And Watterson was like, no, that my I demand that my work remain creatively pure. I want to be the only one who does any writing, who does any drawing, who does any, anything related to Calvin and Hobbes, no stuffed animals, no t-shirts. Like he has this whole run where he's like, part of the deal of Calvin and Hobbes is that you can never be sure if Hobbes is like real Real. or not. It's like physically real or, or just a figment of Calvin. There should
1: never be an easy explanation for how Calvin, if Hobbes isn't real yeah. The strip never gives you a a really a good one to one of what Calvin is doing to make his imagination work.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh but if I make a stuffed hobs and yeah. sell it to kids, like that's it seems like it's uh compromising the Which whole thing that I'm Which version of hobs do, do you make? Yeah, I know, right? Do you do stuffed tiger hobs or do you do, like Oh, my God. Labs.
1: Watterson's a genius. I'm so glad he never let anyone
0: do it. Yeah. So he never let anyone do it. So he was fighting with them over both that and the right to do a full half page Sunday strip with whatever format he wanted. And so mm. if you read later collections, you'll notice that like some of them are just like the entire page is one panel.
1: One panel. Yeah. Or
0: yeah. Like, you, like you don't you don't have this little thing where you have the couple of. Like topper. the topper, re- the, the topper. Yeah, it's it's. Use the lingo, Andrew. You introduce the lingo. Just use it. Sure. <laughs> but you don't have the topper. You don't. You don't have to just do panels anymore. Yeah. And like it's, he's already experimenting with the form in in this book a lot because like the the number of panels changes a bunch. Like the composition of those panels changes. Yep. You get a lot of strips that like don't use speech at all. You get even some within that even within the daily almost strips, exclusively. Yeah, yeah like th- yeah. there's a lot of that, but. Um, He had this bit that big fight in the in the very early 90s. And then after that, he took a break for like 10 months. And that was built into the contract that he had negotiated. Like he had (laughs) one sabbatical in the early 90s and then one in the mid 90s, like just before he announced that the strip was going to be ending. And that was like built in by. The syndicate was sort of glad to give him that because they didn't want him to burn out and then not do his very successful comic strip anymore. Uh huh. Well,
1: yeah. I, there's the story that is in most of the a lot of the articles I was reading about this were uh, ten years after Calvin and Hobbes, and like this is what you can find easily on the internet are people in two thousand, starting in two thousand five, and then every five years hence doing a, it's been X number of years since Calvin and Hobbes ended kind of retrospectives. Uh And a lot of them cite the story of like, in the late 80s, Steven Spielberg called and everyone was like, yo, Bill, Steve's on the phone. Mm -hmm. Wants to talk about Calvin and Hobbes. And he's Mm -hmm. like, hang up the phone. Just hang it up. I don't want to talk to him.
0: So he's got this very like uncompromising, unflinching... He's also very press-averse. Yeah, very press-averse, very... Like he used to the story goes. Cause he lives, he lived in Ohio, lives in Ohio. Yeah. Used to sign collections of Calvin and Hobbes stuff and just like slip him in into the, the bookstore. Yeah. Into the bookstore. And then he found out that people were eBaying those and then he stopped doing it. Like he's mm-hmm. very, very, and, and in some ways that I, that I think are like, well dude, you, you could, uh, you know, maybe bend a little bit on, on like some of this if you yeah. want to like, there enable isn't... people to enjoy your work in different ways but but it's also I don't know like I think people think of him as a I think artists think of him as a very inspiring figure because he like never bent compromised on any of this stuff yeah ever yeah yeah um what like, and there's the like only... a, there's a purity to that I guess that... the only confirmed
1: work of his since the end other than like a few like posters and things that he's done like he did a couple of guests of I think pearls before swine. Um, in 2014, they did mm-hmm. some guest panels that he did. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, if you look, there's there's one of the few places. This is one of many places to find this information. If you just go to the after Calvin and Hobbes section of his Wikipedia page, it just feels like the Pepe Silvia meme of people being like, "Here's a day where someone tried to find out what Bill Watterson was doing. Here's a movie about a guy who never got to talk to Bill Watterson. Mm-hmm. Here's Bill Watterson maybe drew this comic strip. Here's the home record sale, so that we know he doesn't live in this town anymore.
0: Yeah, so he's just very like JD Salinger about yep. stuff. I don't know if he'll pass away and we'll find that he had a whole like five years of extra Calvin yep. Hobbes uh-huh. stuff that he just it's did possible. and was sitting on. <laughs> but at the same, you know, we talked. When was this that we? I don't remember if this was just a conversation that we had in real life or if we did this on mic. But I don't sure. need to see Calvin have a cell phone.
1: Oh, we talked about this uh, recently, but I don't remember where
0: or when. Yeah, I totally don't. <laughs> so I'm happy for Calvin to be a thing that exists in the perpetual 90s. Yeah, there was one article I was reading.
1: I think this was a CBC article about the legacy of it, talking about um, it was like it. There's mid-century furniture in in the comic that like mm-hmm. speaks to Calvin's parents. And there's, like, TV, but, like, there's not... He doesn't really... At least as I recall, like, video games are not really a thing.
0: Video games aren't really a thing. Like, computers aren't really a thing. Both of these things would have been increasingly visible in in homes, especially as you get into the the 90s, but it's not really a part of Calvin's experience. Like, he's a very, like use your imagination, go outside kind of kid.
1: Yeah, it it feels like a, a fun mishmash of 1958 through 1985. Like, uh-huh. it is also interesting to me uh, that he was writing this basically at the age we are now, Andrew. Like, that is just, I don't know that I had clocked that. Like, he was in his 30s while he was making one of the most successful comic strips of all time. But I I bring that up mostly because like his perspective on Calvin and like what the, what stuff Calvin is interested in and talking about like, I don't know, this read was really interesting for me mm-hmm. and resonant. And like, I think that's, part of it is is like the age difference between the creator and your main character yeah
0: i am i'm really curious to hear how you experienced actually reading it because i i have definitely read all all of these strips before in some form or another but i don't think that you have so i think the back half i had
1: not read all of i'd obviously read the babysat ones so anything else we should chat
0: about before we get into the book no, just the like the history of the comic strip is is really oh, sure. interesting and like of course people some people object to calling it a comic strip at all cuz they're not always funny but <laughs> Oh, sure. <laughs> but if you like look back to some of the things we talked about Peanuts as an influence on on and I think that is a that's a Peanuts
1: is a great reference point.
0: That's that's definitely visible throughout here but he also um talks about this strip called little Nemo, which ran at the very, in the very early 20th century, which did these, like, this is back when Sunday comics could be full, like full page, like the whole oh, page. Sure. And with all, all these panels where the, the size and like composition of the panel, like reflects the action, like going, yeah you know, going on in them and like what a big influence that was. But then, reading about this comic um like the the art is very well regarded and the writing is almost it, it's almost it's it's very slight we'll okay oh, sure okay uh, this is a quote from the the Wikipedia page uh, quote the level of effort and skill apparent in the title lettering highlights what seems to be the little regard for the dialogue balloons their content and their placement in the visual composition they tend to contain repetitive monologues expressing the increasing distress of the speakers and showed that McK- McKay's gift was in the visual and not the verbal <laughs>
1: That's funny. <laughs> well,
0: and Watterson's gifts are all... Are, and, I, are, and I looked at some of these comics, and yeah, they literally are all somebody be like, oh no, oh no, I'm falling. <laughs> but then it's, it's like very elaborate, like weird, beautiful art. It's, mm. it's yeah, it's it's a, it's wild. You should look it up.
1: Before we hit the break, I just like something that reminded me of that I meant to say earlier is just in all of those retrospective articles, a few of them, Watterson was available for comment. And... Mm-hmm he always says something to the effect of like, I put every part of myself into every strip and every strip was a result of me and me alone. And like that is the, that artistic purity aligns with his like, no one can adapt this thing. No one can have ownership over this thing because then I cannot guarantee to the audience that it is me or that like, I'm not willing to make space for someone else in what this is and means, and like, I don't, I don't say that with a judgment because plenty of people make successful comic strips and comic books with collaborators. Yeah, uh, but that's just who he was or
0: is. Well, it exists in, in stark contrast with yeah. stuff like Garfield, where they're like Jim Davis's name on it, name is on it, but it's like this whole like farm of people yes. who is responsible for. Pumping out like boilerplate about Mondays or like Hagar the Horrible or Beetle Bailey, where I think the or Family Circus, where I think like the kids of the original Mm, creators are continuing it, even though the like original creators have long since died. Huh. I don't know if Beetle Bailey's like cutting incisive observations (laughs) about the Korean War are still (laughs) like relevant for today's audiences, but. I'm not current on Beetle Bailey. Sure. Okay. Well, we'll take a quick break, and
1: then you can get current. Andrew, we can't all have a cool, dope tiger to talk to when the going gets tough. Why not? It's... Well... Because that cool dope (laughs) tiger may or may not be real.
0: Mm. Oh, okay. That makes sense.
1: So what is real is our sponsor this week, BetterHelp. I'm glad
0: that something is real. Like, give me something concrete to hold on to, you know?
1: Yeah. And uh, something better to hold on to. BetterHelp (laughs) makes professional counseling accessible, affordable, and convenient. And they will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can send a message to your counselor at any time. And you can schedule weekly sessions over video or on your phone. It's affordable, financial aid is available, and the service is also available to clients worldwide. So, like, wherever. Just get it. It's there for you. (laughs) Uh, Not like a tiger that may or may not be real. BetterHelp is real. So I want you to start living a happier life today. And as a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at BetterHelp.com slash overdue. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's BetterHelp. BetterHelp.com slash overdue. I'm coming home from school It's been a rough day I'm gonna open
0: the door And oh no I'm gonna jump out at you And I'm gonna I'm gonna Clobber you in Hilarious ways Ack <laughs> Well that's Kathy Don't get, a, don't <laughs> we'll get it Don't Spoil our Kathy episode <laughs> As far as I know There was never a Kathy In Calvin and Hobbes Fair crossover enough. where like kathy comes over to babysit cal <laughs> <laughs> and he takes all of her chocolate <laughs>
1: no oh god please no uh there's a there's a quote from this washington post retrospective um where a guy who's curating a uh, an art exhibit at the cartoon art museum in san francisco and he just kind of lists all the stuff uh that indoors with him from Calvin and Hobbes. So I'm just going to read this and let me know if any of these you want to jump in on, Andrew. Sure, okay. Spaceman Spiff, Tracer Bullet, Calvin Ball, Gross, The Wagon Rides, Calvin's Battles with His Food, Calvin's Epic Confrontations with the Babysitter Rosalind, uh, The Cardboard Box Invention, Stupendous Man. That's just off the top of my head. I don't think any strip since Peanuts has made such an impact on so many people. That is Andrew Farrago from the San Francisco Cartoon Art Museum just talking about all the stuff in Calvin and Hobbes. And yeah, the what's fun about reading this collection is like getting most of that list in some way, shape, or form.
0: You really do get a and, and this is my understanding is that within the first like few months of the of doing the strip, he had introduced most of these characters in most of these situations. And then he didn't really expand on that. Like you don't really huh. get like Calvin doesn't get like a new neighbor neighbor named like <laughs> Balvin. Nope. At any point in the was run Calvin, of the thing.
1: Calvin's original name in the in the comic that got ditched was like Mervin or something or Marvin or something. Hmm. And he had a stuffed tiger named Hobbs. and someone was
0: like, That's the ticket. That's the that's the thing.
1: <laughs> um but the very first strip, not in this book, but the very first Calvin strip was him setting a tiger trap and it's a tuna fish sandwich for Hobbes. Mm-hmm. Um, and that sets everything, but you're
0: right. It's the ancillary cast is rather small, it's pretty small. You get a, Susie, uh huh. You get uh Miss Wormwood, the teacher
1: named after a C.S. Lewis character who works in hell. Yeah,
0: almost, almost anybody who isn't Hobbes, and even sometimes Hobbes, I guess, exists mostly to antagonize Calvin.
1: Yeah. Mostly, mostly. Every once in a while, like, except for what's his
0: name, Mo the bully. Mo the bully is pretty. Is I mean, if you, I, I should. I wish I had thought about doing this before we got on the air. But if you did, I, you could do a D and D alignment chart with Calvin and Hobbes. I think. Oh, you could. Mo, I think, would be lawful evil on it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Or maybe neutral evil because he's certainly not chaotic. Like his actions are predictable. His actions are very predictable. Maybe Miss Wormwood is lawful evil. Oh, good call. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let me know if you have any
1: more thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, but Moe Susie's is- lawful good. <laughs>
0: Dad is chaotic good. Yeah. Mom <laughs> is lawful good. Or did you say Susie's lawful good? Susie's lawful good. I think mom is neutral good.
1: Yeah hobbs is chaotic neutral calvin is chaotic chaotic <laughs> true chaotic <laughs> true chaotic um yeah it's a it's like the and you meet everybody in this in this indispensable calvin, calvin might hobbs. be
0: calvin might be chaotic evil actually. yeah you're you might be right
1: you've got calvin he's like in kindergarten or first grade He's got a stuffed tiger named Hobbs. This is for anybody who's listening to this who've never, who's never heard of Calvin and
0: Hobbs. This, this has been a weird 35 minutes for you so far, yep. I bet.
1: Um, he's got two parents, mom and dad. His dad looks a lot like Bill Watterson <laughs> without yep. a mustache. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got, yeah, this neighbor girl, Susie Durkins. Yep, Durkins. Um, Mo is the bully who you can tell he's mean because he doesn't have eyes, he just has an eyebrow and his font. Is different. His font is different. Mm-hmm. Um, you got Hobbs's tiger, you've got, as Andrew said, Miss Wormwood, you've got the principal, and then you've got the babysitter Rosalyn. And then like that's kinda it, other than the in other than the imaginary characters and like school kids as appropriate or whatever.
0: But. yeah, school kids as appropriate. Every once in a while you get like a mom and dad friend. Like every once in a very great while, yeah. But so this episode of overdue, like we haven't really talked about how we've not really done this format of yeah, we haven't. Of I wouldn't even call it graphic. We like haven't done a comic strip before ever. We've done some graphic novels, like we did Watchmen. We've done some, we've of done Batman, some Batman stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, we've never done you a collection did a bit like of Preacher, this. but no, we've never did something that was just kind of a loose collection of of vignettes in visual form <laughs> no no we haven't um and and so yeah a lot of what there is to talk about is like watterson and like his artistic perspective and the um the restrictions and the conventions of the of the medium that he's working in because as far as like a plot like a classic overdue plot synopsis there's not really a lot to go through like i think we'll hit some some individual strips but mostly it's just like vibes mostly just vibing and so, absorbing these characters. So like so what do you where do you what stood out to you as somebody who's read less Calvin and Hobbes than me? Um
1: so first I just want to flag this poem that I didn't know was gonna be in this collection, which uh-huh. is like a series of rhyming quatrains that have original art, starts with some cool, like painterly art of the Southwest, then we get Calvin and Hobbes being cool, we get a shot of Calvin's mom with eyes on her butt, and he's talking <laughs> about how she has eyes in her head, but I guess he ha- she has them in her rear also. Because hindsight's get, very good. Yeah, so. we get some good illustrations of Calvin's imagination, which I'm sure we'll talk about, um, but this one passage stood out to me. Um, in the car I screamed and moaned, I cried my red eyes dry, the window down, I yelled for help to people we passed by. Mom and dad can make the rules and certain things forbid, but I can make them wish that they had never had a kid. <laughs> and then on the next page it's him like hanging out with Hobbes, and you know, Hobbes is stealing the blanket, but he does love Hobbes. And the the overall vibe of Calvin, and it was interesting encountering him as an adult, because it has been over a decade since I just like in decades probably since I ingested A volume of Calvin and Hobbes at once Mm -hmm. is just like he is such a good depiction of what it feels like when you're a kid who's like old enough to have a sense of self and preferences and a feeling of your place in the world but like and a sense of injustice about it
0: Calvin is like there are two things about Calvin one is that even more so that, so I think you can group like a, like Calvin and like Dennis the Menace and like Bart Simpson all together under this like yeah banner of like generally generally good like bad boys yeah like <laughs> bad boys with a heart of gold you know yeah yeah but even like compared to like Bart even like Calvin is very unrepentant about the chaos. Yeah, that he causes and is is often like, I mean, the, the pattern with with Bart is that he'll do something, won't realize that he's crossed the line until he's crossed it. And then he'll try and do something to make it better. Like Calvin frequently knows that he's crossing a line. And is choosing to cross it consciously. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs>
1: because he is playing some sort of long game where he has already been wronged and the let he has to like tip it back in his favor.
0: Mm-hmm. And in that, like Calvin is actually very conservative. <laughs> Calvin <laughs> is extremely libertarian in that yeah. he's continuously aggrieved, thinks that he is. Smarter than society, so he shouldn't have to exist within society, but is constantly and often, you know, ignorantly bumping up into situations where he can only exist because society is is undergirding all of the stuff that he
1: does. Well, and it's funny how the how the strip as a as a body of work, like it balances that energy with the utter sweetness of his relation of, of like w- there are strips where his relationship to Hobbes is meant to make you go on.
0: Yeah. Like, like there are some where it's just like not even funny. It's just like, oh yeah, these are two, these are two friends who are just hanging out being friends.
1: And it's like, sometimes it's like, oh, he woke up and he had a bad dream, but oh, Hobbes is there. Mm-hmm. There's one Sunday strip in this book. It's not even about him and Hobbes. It's like he keeps bothering his dad and his dad is like, just shuffling nondescript papers He's at a work, desk yeah. in their house. Yeah, I tag this one. Too. Calvin's just pointing out the window, being like, "There's snow out there." Calvin runs out there, and his dad looks out the window and sees his son having fun, and runs out there with with him. And then the flash shot is like his dad hugging Calvin and his mom kissing Calvin on the head, and it's like
0: that's gorgeous. It's not. It, it's like he he's sitting at the desk doing the papers it's night because you, you tell us night because you look out the window and the moon is there i have this yeah strip pulled. <laughs> okay great yeah um and it's just this it, like no text no nothing just like this very sweet like i have i had this stuff that i needed to do but then i went to hang out with my kid instead like regardless mm-hmm. of how of, yep of what I need to do later to like make up for it. It's beautiful. And It's very it's yeah, it's very nice. Like Calvin's dad is very like foundational for me as a dad. I love him. Cuz <laughs> my fa- probably my favorite strip in the entire thing is the is the Sunday strip where Calvin asks about black and white photos, okay? <laughs> and Calvin's dad says, "Well, the world was black and white until like the 1930s." <laughs> And what you're seeing is color photos of a black and white world. Yeah, and, and that's why when you look at like an old painting, it's in color because it turned color along uh-huh. with everything else in the world Yeah, when the world got colorized. But black and white photos are still black and white because you're looking at color photos of black and white god it's so good it's just like all these things where calvin's dad is either like covering for his own ignorance or intentionally lying and then calvin just being like man my dad knows everything my dad is great it's so good and and,
1: and then like you you know there is something i think to i would love to know what it was like to read these strips like on a day to day basis, or to like randomly in the late 80s be like, What's this Calvin and Hobbes strip everybody's talking about? This kid's bonkers. Mm-hmm. Because my experience reading it is knowing about some of that really like charming stuff, and it allows me to give Calvin a lot of leeway when he is outright terrorizing when people, he's just like pushing the car out of the driveway Mm -hmm. or like there's one really funny strip where it's three panels of him blowing up a paper lunch bag and then exploding it at his dad and then he the only line of dialogue is pay attention to me (laughs) And it doesn't it doesn't show you what happens next. It's not part of a larger plot because some of the daily strips have like this ongoing multi week plot line mm-hmm. and some of them are just that and it's like, Yeah, I love you, Calvin, you monster <laughs> And like his your his um his it's funny. Yeah, it is a libertarian streak, it's also a six year old streak.
0: Because yeah, I mean, I think six-year-olds are libertarians, and then some, inherently, people, just, some yeah. people just don't grow out of it. <laughs> For sure. Because, like, when
1: he... There's the whole passage... And I don't know that I remembered this. I think this was from the Science Goes Boink book that I definitely didn't read growing up. Um, when he gets involved with the baseball team at recess...
0: God, that's it's heartbreaking. There's it a, There's a lot in this where it's just, like... Calvin is... Calvin is being underserved by everything the institutions and individuals in his in his life in a lot of ways. And 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 it's not like I don't want to dwell on that because I don't think that's the point.
1: Well, but but Waterson has created us ample room by not being out there talking about what the point is. So Yeah,
0: like if he didn't if he didn't want us to talk about how Calvin needs like (laughs) Yeah. Well like (laughs) could, could could benefit from like some therapy or yeah. or possibly medication like he would be out there giving interviews about it. <laughs> he so. probably
1: would. Cuz like he he clearly likes running around and he and Hobbs have all sorts of adventures in these gorgeous Ohio woods that are you know very any place USA kind of stuff but it's still I got really to, I've gorgeous. got
0: to assume it's Ohio because there is yeah. one strip where they're throwing buckeyes out of a tree. Yes, people. it is definitely. And in no yeah. in no other state would you yeah. would you do that with buckeyes. Do that, that's true. Um, but when I, mean, I guess to- we can definitively say it's not Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> Cuz no one would say
1: buckeyes and not Michigan. just jump into the lake. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he's trying to get on the baseball team because people are bullying him into being on the baseball team and adults are telling him he should do it. I very much identify with the strip where his dad hits him in the face with a ball. That definitely happened to me. You catch a <laughs> ball bad, it hits you in the nose. Um, but then he, he bemoans, I think, to Hobbs later. He's like, I just don't... I don't know any of the rules. I don't want the rules. I just like... I like the act of hit ball, run, catch ball. But like... Positions are bogus. Following the rules is bogus. I just want to do the part of it that's fun and like that. You, I don't. It's hard to argue with it as an
0: emotional ethos. Um, yeah, that that's a streak of of Calvin's. Like there, there's a bit where his dad is talking to him about his, his grades, and I, I don't mm. remember if it's part of a part of an arc or just kind of a one-off thing. But where he's like, I know you can. Oh yeah, be engaged with stuff and learn and have fun. Like you've read every dinosaur book under the sun. Why can't you do that with school? And Calvin's like, "Well, we're not reading about dinosaurs." <laughs> yep. <laughs> and his dad says something very sad about how like you're you like you can't just do the fun stuff when when you're a grown uh-huh. up. And I think that that is, I think that's the that's the era of being a grown up that that was very much because yep. I, I feel like our era of being a grown up is like trying intentionally and a lot, in a lot of cases, in a lot of ways, like trying intentionally to reject that, like do it because you've got to. Yep. Yep. yep, Ethos where we can and like just chasing stuff that is, is fun and like having a good time in our, in our limited like existence on this, on this (laughs) earth. Well, you know what I mean? Like, no, I I do
1: because like a lot of the, there's a lot of humor and a lot of charm to the repetition and the maxims that Calvin's dad trots out that are the, like it builds character stuff. And both him and his mom are like trying to be like, I think at one point his mom is like, if you don't do this math, you're going to be the only 45 year old in first grade. And like, (laughs) that is one of the few things that makes Calvin do his homework. Um, And yet, yeah, I'm with you. Like right now we've got this thing where like that version of give up what you love, give up what you're passionate about so that you can chase the milestones of capital A adulthood where I certainly feel like you and I and a lot of people that we uh, are like sharing life experience with are like kind of trying to find ways to reject that where possible because Mm -hmm. like, that was not our choice to live in a world where those were the values.
0: Yeah, well and there's like there's this that whole article that one of our friends shared in, in like our cool gamer discord. <laughs> sure. <laughs> about um moral compromises in in your work and how yeah, like, people yeah. are right now like increasingly frustrated with needing to feel compromised to like do the thing that they need to do to earn a living in the system that we currently yeah. exist under. yeah yeah um, and I think that that is that is the sort of system that Calvin's dad is trapped in <laughs> yeah
1: and, and <laughs> because
0: there there hadn't been like a you know you hadn't you put away your childish things and then you're a grown-up and there's there's the space between them is not meant to be permeable in any way. No. Yeah. And that's part and that's part of the charm of the strip is just yeah. like the, the pure like kidness of of Calvin juxtaposed with his his mom and dad who are frequently frustrated with him and then sometimes shown being tendered with putting tender it with them. But yeah, yeah,
1: putting it in context with something like Peanuts where the dad,
0: the Peanuts is just a bunch of like. Four foot tall, fifty five year olds. Yes, yes <laughs> like, exactly. And what, just what's, like I'm depressed.
1: What's fun about Calvin is that he will sometimes like say stuff that a six year old should not have, like be well versed in. Like at one point when he's arguing about saying the Pledge of Allegiance because he doesn't know what court district he lives in. Like that's very <laughs> fun to me personally.
0: I mean, again, your mind will be blown even more if you think like, okay, if Hobbes is a figment of Calvin's yeah. imagination, and Hobbes is sitting. Next to the bathtub, making a joke about like zoning <laughs> ordinances, <laughs> yes. like what does that mean about the knowledge in Calvin's head? Uh-huh. Um, so he does get away with and like
1: references and things. Watterson does a lot of references that Calvin shouldn't be able to make, and that's part of the fun. But it doesn't feel like that Peanuts thing where like, isn't it kind of charming but wistful and uh, sad that like they just sound like sad. 45 (laughs) year olds um instead calvin gets to do this other thing that is very much a kid thing where the art is like for three panels it's this elaborate monster or animal or spaceship or something and then in the fourth panel it's calvin on a chair antagonizing his mom like Mm -hmm. that is a bread and butter convention of calvin and Hobbes. That is like the next phase of a lineage of like Peanuts. It's, it's like you take the Red Baron Snoopy strips and you give that character a full life and voice. And Calvin is always doing this thing where he is like, you know, and some of the Sunday strips are Spaceman Spiff where he is in a rocket ship and it's this gorgeous pulp art and he's like attacking a planet and then an alien captures him and makes him eat gross food. And it's his mom. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, it's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, I do know that there, Watterson said at least once or twice that like he recognized that was a what made the strip work. But he definitely like had to keep coming up with ways to do it, which could feel limiting. Obviously, like you, you can only do that trick so many times and, and make it feel fresh.
0: Uh, yeah, I don't know. I wonder if he had like a calendar in his in his office where it's like, okay, it's been this many days yeah, since I, I did a strip so. where Calvin fights his gross food. Like, I'm I should revisit that thing again. Like, yeah. so he wouldn't go back to the same well too many times because it does feel even when you're slamming the whole collection down in like one sitting or in a couple days, as I think. Yeah, you know, most you people and I did. Yeah, would when they were reading it, like. You see a lot of the same themes come up over and over again, but it never feels like he's he's hitting it too often. Like it nope. feels like there's a good amount of space in between each like uh, Rosalind encountered, for example. Yep.
1: yep. Um, um, those are yeah. And I just the- I don't
0: I don't know what the logistics of of planning that out would have been.
1: <laughs> well, because he didn't have like a Google Doc like we do, which is like it's been because no, Google six- didn't
0: exist yet. Imagine if Google didn't exist. Doesn't that sound great? It does. It's been or six bad. months
1: <laughs> since we did a choose your own adventure episode. I guess maybe we can do one again. Like that's mm-hmm. a, that's one of the things that we do, and I'm sure. Yeah, I bet he had a thing that's like, okay, the food stuff plays. When am I gonna do another the food fruits, stuff one? The food
0: stuff plays.
1: Like when am I gonna? How many? Because like that was one thing that did surprise me, or that didn't surprise me. But like taking it as a collection, you start to see how many of the Sunday strips are a mix of um, a really elaborate version of Calvin comes home from school and gets pounced on by Hobbes or Calvin and Hobbes go down a hill on a sled or a wagon. Talking about philosophy. Talking yeah. about philosophy. And like, the, I think all of them are very, very good. They don't wear out their welcome, but he found two very potent formulas, one very physical and one very talky mm-hmm. that are like hallmarks of the strip writ large
0: the sunday strips are interesting because you have more space to tell one story but they never ever continue never. the story that had been running in the in the daily strips like you can have dailies that go on for ages for like five or six pages yeah and and in that like you end up telling a much more like a much larger more complex story than you get to do in the in the Sunday strips, but in the Sunday strips you have the additional like visual freedom yep. that that extra space and and color provide you. So yeah, they're just like two very different, um, it's like the, the two very different ways to tell a story that he that Watterson has like a really good sense of.
1: Yeah, because like the Rosalind babysitter stuff, which is the Revenge of the Babysat arcs are like it's most it's like two or three main arcs about his parents going on a date and getting the only babysitter in town that will tolerate calvin (laughs) and him full like to your point earlier andrew like there's no redemption for anyone in those strips it is always calvin did the worst possible thing to her She somehow got paid and somehow decides to come back. He takes her notes. He runs away into the darkness. Like, he's not... And she's not like... I don't know. She's kind of tough with him, but she's not like a mean... Any meaner than I think she deserves
0: to be. No, and it's like the... I don't want to talk about like strips that don't exist in this collection too much, but I think... I, I believe it is the last... Rosalind, oh, arc that, that appears in the series before it ends, and I think that they get to a form of like understanding not not detente, but they, they connect because ah. she gets Calvin Ball. Oh, oh. dip. <laughs> that's cool yeah and like he and, and she gets the total randomness and chaos of it and he can respect that of of her oh <laughs> so man. i really like that that really i i enjoy that i mean i i like all the the Rosalind arcs a lot anyway, yeah they're but, very fun but uh but yeah that's that's a favorite of mine
1: and then in the the boink book the the title strip for scientific progress goes boink is the duplicator box which used to be the
0: transmogrifier which doesn't also doesn't appear in this collection Um,
1: but but to your point earlier there's like a six or seven page arc where Calvin has made duplicates of himself like the movie multiplicity (laughs) and it's like every variation of what it would be like if there was more than one Calvin and they like they don't want to do what Calvin says and then they're each getting in trouble for doing their own thing and all of his parents deal with it differently. And I just like, I guess I didn't think that Daily Strips did that. Mm-hmm. I'm not someone who has read a lot of serial Daily comics like that. So mm-hmm. it's, to me, it, what really stood out in in both that one and then there's one Mo arc where Mo is trying to beat up Calvin over like a toy truck or something. Um where the be the first or second panel of every strip does an amazing job of like telling you what the plot line is. Like, in the middle of a- of an arc about Calvin being bullied, you'll get a new strip, and the first panel is like, Mo really wants to beat me up about this car, Hobbs. <laughs> like, the way that Waterson artfully like will just change who is in the conversation with Calvin or whatever, so that he has a chance to rehash a little bit of plot in a way that advances the plot at the same time, it's really impressive. I'm sure it's, other cartoonists do it. I don't know. This good as well. Yeah, I'm no, it's it's say. good.
0: I think and I think he also benefits from a sort of a, a small cast of yeah you're right. characters who are frequently in the same kinds of conflict with each other. Like sure. if, if you were a longtime reader of Calvin and Hobbs and you've missed a week, and you come back, and it's it's Mo or it's you know Susie, Susie or, or, yeah, or yeah. whoever. Like you you understand the personalities at play and how they bounce off each other, and that is most of the catch up that you need.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, I was just like in the dialogue, just mostly impressed by how he does that. Um,
0: yeah, it's it's hard to do exposition dumps that don't feel like exposition dumps, and when yeah. you have to use one or two panels of what is usually a four-panel strip to set up the background of what the punchline is going to be, then, yeah, like, you also have to be moving the story, like, the big story forward. You have to be making a self-contained little thing. You have – yeah, it, it's it's impressive, and it's, it's another reason why I wanted to talk so much about format at the top of the show because yeah. – the format dictates so much of what makes the strip what it is.
1: And it's so fun to read it in a collection because it's like, Oh, here's a bunch of four panel strips that work as four panel strips. And then in the middle of them, he'll be like, here's one that's two panels. And it's like Calvin feels away, and a really long panel that shows you how Hobbes helps him deal with that. Mm -hmm. Um, Or here's one that's five just to like make it a little extra, you know, um, I don't know. I want to ask you about what other parts stood out as we kind of probably come to a close the yeah. one that I knew I was going to have feelings about and I'd, I remember having feelings about as a kid when I read it is the plot in revenge of the babysat where they go to a, f- a like a wedding or a funeral as mm-hmm. a family mm-hmm. and in the car they realize they've left Hobbes at home. And Calvin is like just not clicking into this family event. I think it might be a wedding because he's like, man, Hobbs is home. How's, what's he going to eat? He's probably mad at us. Like, I have to stay in this stupid hotel and I can't go to sleep without Hobbes. And then they get home and their house has been broken into. And like Calvin is dealing with the fact that he doesn't know where Hobbes is. Which is off. I had like a stuffed animal as a kid for a long time that I would have been terrified to lose. I had an did imaginary. A,
0: what was it, and did it have a name? Well, it was just a
1: Tweety Bird, and so it was Tweety Bird. Oh, okay. It, it wasn't like a you know a just an
0: animal. So if if you were gonna have a comic strip about you and this thing, you you would need to enter into a protracted legal yes engagement or, with warner brothers
1: <laughs> i guess or it would have been my imaginary friend which was a dog whose name began with b i was thinking about this today i can't remember his name now which feels wow. mean of me
0: yeah because you know what pets pass but not imaginary pets no unless, he's unless probably you still out them. there no i you by forgetting him you killed him nobody else knew about him oh this so is just this your is just imaginary drop, your drop. imaginary dog is dead because you killed him.
1: This is just drop dead Fred all over again. Oh no. Um but that arc I don't want to dwell in what I did to my imaginary friend. Um that yeah. arc. Yeah,
0: I bet you don't. Murderer. You imaginary murderer. <laughs> An um, imaginary jury would imaginary <laughs> hang you, I bet, for this crime.
1: Here are my imaginary last words. Um <laughs> The Yeah, that arc is just really, it's not very funny. It's really tense. It's really moving. It puts you in Calvin's shoes. And then it spends like two strips putting you in the parents' shoes about yeah. like mm-hmm. they've had a home invasion. Um And it's just like, Watterson, what are you doing? <laughs> like this is a strip about a kid who gets run over by his imaginary tiger. <laughs> and like you have found this... Well of emotion and truth and human experience in a very like real scenario, but you've grounded it in Calvin's experience first, which is how we're going to get into it because we love Calvin and Hobbes. Mm Um, I don't know what what other like favorite arcs or panels do you want to talk about before we get out of here
0: there's one and like I don't know like I kind of want to read it and I yeah, feel like, like one of us should be Calvin and one of us should be Hobbs yeah so let me know where it is or are you, you going to send me the image oh well, it's on it's on 138 If you 138,
1: you I want th- have if the book running. in front of me so I yeah so
0: it it's uh, it's one of the um, one of the other runners in this is the uh, is gross the yes, uh, which get stands rid for... of slimy girls yeah <laughs> Yeah, And these the, are the last S in girls is the last S in girls. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, I, this is just a club that they are both in where conflict between the two of them is just what the club is.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: So we can skip the topper and I just want to, I can, I can do Calvin and you can do Hobbes because I think that is our dynamic. Sure. Uh, This meeting of the top secret club gross, get rid of slimy girls will come to order. Supreme dictator for life. Calvin presiding all salute. (laughs) Okay. The first order of business president and first tiger Hobbes will read the minutes of our last meeting.
1: Thank you. 10.30 a.m. Read minutes of previous meeting. 10.31. Debated so-called editorial slant of minutes. <laughs> Much nonsense and commotion from Dictator for Life. Nonsense. 10.32. President and First Tiger offers reasonable solution, but Dictator for Life takes needless exception.
0: Reasonable solution? You told me to go jump in a lake.
1: 10.33. Blows exchange. <laughs> dictator for Life receives comeuppance.
0: Ha, I beat you fair and square. These minutes are nothing but lies. Call me a liar, will you? By God. Golly, I'll call you worse than that. Chowderhead. Moron. Ogre. Fleabag. Pant, pant, truce. <sighs> okay, truce. Well, uh, another productive meeting. What a great club. <laughs> it's
1: those are always really good. <laughs> They're so fun.
0: Where Calvin and Hobbs are briefly in conflict, but then the conflict is part of their friendship.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's another one. Fun. There's another one where it's like Calvin has a clearly no good, very bad, horrible day. Mm-hmm. Every panel is worse than the rest. And then mm-hmm. Hobbs tackles him in the rain uh and the last panel is his mom helping him out of his like dirty wet clothes mm-hmm. and she's like how was your day and he's smiling holding Hobbs and he goes getting better and you're like hmm. <laughs> okay man
0: <laughs> i just like the the anodyne recording of debated so-called editorial <laughs> slant of minutes
1: <laughs> yeah yeah th- that's another thing it was in um i think it was in that cbc article i i mentioned earlier like it was always cha- it, what the writer says like it's always challenging you to go look up what peripatetic or harikari or dr jivago meant like it was mm-hmm. never even though a seven-year-old reading this might really enjoy the sunday strips where calvin gets bulldozed by Hobbes. and i
0: did as a as yeah. a kid like there there is a there is it's a somewhere in between peanuts and and looney tunes <laughs> yeah like, for sure you will you will have just like characters on a flat white background like talking like you do in peanuts but then there'll be like tornadoes of of fighting with like pain stars yes. coming out of it that yeah yes. it's mm-hmm. and so
1: like that is just another way in um and like one of my favorite strips is early in this but it's a sunday strip it's early in this collection it is Calvin builds a bunch of tiny snowmen, and then like the, he makes a funny face, and then the last panel is a fully rendered T-Rex eating people in New York City. <laughs> and it's amazing, because you know exactly what Watterson means by that. But he doesn't actually show you Calvin eating the snowman.
0: One one thing I really like about this collection is that we spend a lot of it in winter, and winter in Calvin and Hobbes, like there yeah. there is always like four inches of fresh snow on the ground. Yes. Like, I feel like winter is Calvin and Hobbes's season, like mm-hmm. its signature season in a lot of ways because you yep. you got the sled, you got all the snowman sequences, you got all the snowball sequences. snowball stuff. Yeah, yep. it's it's. There's it is at home in the he's, winter. Yeah.
1: He's like performing brain surgery on a snowman by cutting it with a saw. Uh-huh. Uh huh. He's so good. I love mm-hmm. Calvin so much.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Just want to hang out with him. <laughs> Just want to hang out with him. He's a cool dude. I don't. I. I also love the the arc where he has forgotten to do his bug science project. That is. <laughs> that is top tier,
0: Calvin. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, he got. I mean, he managed to get a D minus on it, which is passing. <laughs> It just, yeah. Though it's sometimes just, I think you suspect that Miss Worm, Wormwood is... Uh, great in the moniker. Pa- well, passing him so she doesn't have to deal with him anymore, let's Yeah, say. well,
1: that's... <laughs> hmm. um, Any closing thoughts about why we love Calvin and Hobbes, Andrew?
0: I don't know. It just endures. I'm, I am simultaneously want there to be more of it Yeah, for my own selfish reasons, but also like, how could it ever... Yeah. But then but then maybe it could because it was only ever undiluted Watterson and if it came back it would be him again but like I don't know the last 30 years have done a number on all of us so. Yeah,
1: that's true. Yeah, there he won a bunch of awards in his career and he was when he won the like the, the Ruben Award which is, I think is like the National Cartoonist Society, he was only the sixth person to have won it twice. And I think L- Gary Larson maybe won it twice after mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. But like yeah there's just there's something about this strip when it hit what it was doing that it would be hard to revisit um and a lot of that is wrapped up in the fact that yeah it's only a comic strip it's mm-hmm. not anything else yeah um well
0: and, and if you've never if you haven't if you read it as a kid or as a young adult. And then like a big life event, like having a kid or something happens to you and you come back like, oh yeah, the way that I like, the, it's not like the whole perspective of the of the work shifts to be from the parents' perspective, like it is to watch Gilmore girls at a bunch of different ages in your life <laughs> where like the character who you think is the reasonable protagonist in that show changes, gets yeah, older and older, the older you get, <laughs> but you, you do, you understand more about those little like asides from, from Calvin's mom and dad to each other. And like the, the, the sweet moments that they do get in between all of the, like low stakes kid conflict. Like it, it is there there's still a lot to get out of it. If you think Hobbes actually
1: yeah. I think Hobbes becomes even someone you're really eager to hear more from as a as an older reader. Mm-hmm. Because he is often like he's never like I don't know. There's a lot of strips where he won. He like kind of alley oops what Calvin is doing, but he always has like a slightly different slant. He's always making a slightly more obscure reference.
0: He's often the straight man. Yeah, like such they don't conform to that. They those really types don't. strictly, but he's often the more mature and like measured one.
1: Yeah, and so like even just remembering what it was like to read these as a kid, like Hobbes is an. Interesting touchstone that you're like, oh, it, that isn't just what is the what? What would it be like to be Calvin's parent? <laughs> 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 what would it be like to be Calvin's older friend? Is something mm-hmm. that is fun to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just can't the the Calvin Ball. We don't get a lot of Calvin Ball in this collection. You do get some, and you do get the like Calvin looking right at the camera and being like, the best part about Calvin Ball is that you can never play it the same way twice. And I just like was just struck by the fact that we just use the term Calvin Ball as a thing now. I mean, you and I especially on the on yeah. the show use Calvin Ball a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's a thing. out. It's just the cultural import of this mm-hmm. work. Um, mm-hmm. So that's the indispensable Calvin Hobbes, which is a collection of Revenge of the Babysat and Scientific Progress Goes Boink. There is, of course, a larger, as
0: Andrew said, lifetime, like the full thing that you can get. Is the only on the on this Wikipedia page of all published Calvin and Hobbes books It is the only one where the weight of the work is listed <laughs> along with its other <laughs> with its other information
1: that's funny um, send us in your favorite Calvin and Hobbes memories to overdue pod at gmail.com um, send them to twitter and facebook.com slash overdue if you so choose. Uh, Thanks to Dark Librarian, Dallas, Megan, Marty, April, Neil, Cindy, Christian, Liza, Lizzie, Kyle, Adriana, Julian, and many more for touching base with us in the past week or so. Nick Laran just composed our theme song. Thank you, Nick. Andrew, thanks for talking about this cool collection of comic strips with me. Thanks for suggesting it. I think you suggested it.
0: I think I did. If folks want to know more about the show, where should they go? They should go to overduepodcast.com. Up there, we have links to the books that we have read. And the ones that we are going to read, uh, Craig, you want to run run through March? Yeah, Have you done that I yet
1: the overdue podcast website hasn't been updated, but I can run through the rest of this month. As I Lay Dying is next week by William Faulkner. There's one particular chapter that I can't wait for Andrew to tell me about because I can't wait for him to read it. Um, <sighs> the week after that, there is uh, the Secret Lives of Church Ladies that we recorded with Glory Edem from Well Red Black Girl. And then the week after that, we're going to be doing the Love Hypothesis with the folks from Heaving Bosoms. Very excited about that. And we're wrapping up the uh, Quixote Project Jagged Little Mill this month on the bonus stream there, the bonus feed there, whatever you want to call it. And if you want to know more about uh, that or our bonus episodes, you can head over to patreon.com slash overdue pod. We changed up some tiers this month. Um and you might want to go read that post. We will probably, Andrew, what? We're gonna post some sort of update on the feed
0: this week. Yeah, we're gonna do a little like quickie patron update slash state of the show thing and just really release it as a as a special episode. My probably, working- I guess probably unnumbered. I think it would be yeah. un sportsman like of us to increment the episode number (laughs) of the podcast with one that's not about a book
1: but my my working title for whatever that episode is is like state of the show parentheses it's all good news don't worry like it's Mm, like when your boss calls a meeting like you do need to say like it's all good things don't worry
0: yeah yeah like we do need to pull you aside to talk to you for a sec but it's not bad
1: yeah uh, we just want you to know about some stuff. Yeah. Um. Also, I want you to know that we just released our February bonus episode, War with the Mutant Spider Ants, on the main feed. So if you're listening to this, you probably have that in your podcast. That is it. That's
0: a Choose Your Own Adventure title. Yeah. If it's not clear from <laughs> context clues. <laughs> and we
1: left the choices up to our Patreon audience. So don't blame us for anything that happened to Florida Boy.
0: Yeah. Nothing good happens to Florida Boy. No. Andrew,
1: that's it. That's all we have to say.
0: All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. And until we tackle you next time, try to be happy.